if you want to see personal growth in your faith, if you want to improve your relationship with the God of the universe, if you want to overcome fear, you need to accept the invitation of the cross and be vulnerable by embracing self-denial, confronting your fears, and ultimately remembering that through your vulnerability, you will be redeemed. What's up, everyone? Welcome to The Imperfect Show. I'm your host, Brandon, and my goal is to help you grow in your faith, ignite your transformation, and get you closer to God every single episode. So if you're new here, first of all, I am so excited you're here. And we drop a new episode on the first and third Friday of every month. And let me tell you, if you are someone who struggles with being vulnerable to God, or you know someone who does, then this is the episode for you. To make sure you don't miss an episode just like this one, make sure to follow and review wherever you listen, because the next episode, we're talking about the five biggest misconceptions about Christianity. So yeah, you're not going to want to miss it. So this is the first episode that I have dropped in quite a long time. If you've been around in the past, you will know that not only was the last episode released on May 20th, which is over two months ago. But the show was also called something different. It was called the Narrow Way Podcast. And I changed it to the Imperfect Show because I believe that the name Imperfect really highlights why we need the gospel because we are indeed imperfect. So today we are covering the topic of vulnerability. And what I want to do as we dive in is I want to change what you think of when you hear the word vulnerable. So most people, when they hear the word, think of someone who has been hurt or maybe left at a low point. An example I often hear is when someone finally gets out of a bad relationship where maybe they were hurt or they were manipulative and they were manipulated, sorry, and they were left at a point where they feel vulnerable, defenseless, and maybe even exposed to more hurt. And what they do is they put up a shield and they begin to push people away and they might even push those away who might genuinely have good intentions. And so I believe that there are three fears about being vulnerable that often cause people to put up these barriers. So number one is the fear of being judged. So when we go through something like the end of a manipulative relationship, sometimes what can happen is our brain will actually try to shield us from the world. And here's how that works. In our brain, we possess something called the amygdala. And the amygdala is responsible for processing emotion and threat control. And so what happens is when people feel vulnerable, the amygdala will release a hormone called cortisol. And what cortisol is, is it's responsible for our fight or flight response. And so causing the person to run away and flee from confrontation is the brain processing those around them as a literal threat for possible judgment. It's the fear of being judged. Number two is the fear of rejection. So this comes from the idea that if we were to open up about our vulnerabilities or expose the, our wound to the world, others might think less of us and reject us for what truly lies under the surface. So what does this look like? It looks like the avoidance of social situations, reluctance to express your opinions, overanalyzing things, or maybe, maybe settling for unhealthy relationships with other people. And the danger of this is you begin to become more and more of the fake person 
that you want others to like. And things may look good on the outside. You may be smiling on the outside. You may look calm, cool, collected on the outside. But the wound in your soul will continue to grow deeper and deeper. It's the fear of rejection. And finally, number three is the fear of being hurt again. So there's actually a specific name for this. It's pistonthrophobia. And if we break the word down, we get pistis, which is the Greek word for trust or faith, and obviously phobia, which comes from the Greek word phobos, or an extreme or irrational fear. So when we break it down, pistonthrophobia is the extreme or irrational fear of trusting others. So oftentimes when people feel this vulnerability after getting hurt, they will genuinely be scared to put their trust in someone else. It is the fear of being hurt again. And unfortunately, this is kind of the worldview that has sunk its teeth into our society, where vulnerability is viewed with a negative connotation, something that is a result of a bad experience. But would you be surprised to know that through a Christian lens, through a Christian worldview, vulnerability is actually one of the strongest tools to not only building a relationship with God, but also also helping others see God through you. So just recently on one of my favorite podcasts, the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast, Craig interviewed lead pastor of Fellowship Church, Albert Tate. No, not Andrew Tate, Albert Tate. And when Pastor Tate was talking about vulnerability in leadership, he said something quite profound. He said, I was so broken, but I was so vulnerable and honest about my brokenness. And I think people found hope in that. So right there, we see vulnerability in unity with honesty and hope. I remember actually one of the first times I had to be vulnerable with God. It was one of the uh, first times I actually delivered a sermonette to my youth group. And I remember the feeling before was like that sick to your stomach nervous. Like you would see food and people eating around you and you would just think about throwing up because you were so nervous that food looked like rat poison to you. I remember the thoughts that were racing through my head. It was all What if they don't like it? What if I mess up? What if I act too nervous on stage? And I remember I just couldn't handle it anymore. So I brought it to my youth pastor at the time. And he told me something I believe is so powerful, especially to those who might be new to ministry. He told me, Brandon, the reason you are so anxious is because a part of you is doing this for you. Part of you doesn't trust the Holy Spirit to have the youth hear what God needs them to. Shout out to Pastor Matt. And I remember my initial reaction was to try and defend myself and convince my youth pastor that I did trust the Holy Spirit. But the truth is, he was 100% right. And so what I had to do was get into a place where I could pray and become vulnerable with God. And just like Albert Tate pointed out, I had to be vulnerable about the broken piece of my soul that lacked trust in the Lord to deliver. Now, I want you to notice a difference here. In the beginning, I talked about how the world's view of vulnerability is one where the broken pushes others away. But the Christian's view of vulnerability is about letting God pull you to him in your brokenness. 
the fascinating thing is that the negative view on being vulnerable is actually much more recent than the Christian's view on it. See, vulnerability being used as a tool has actually been seen all throughout history and all throughout the Bible. In fact, the the passage we're going to go over today, uh, Jesus tells a profound story of vulnerability in Luke 15 about the prodigal son. But since it's like 22 verses long, I'm just going to give you all the summed up version, okay? So, some context. Right before our story, we find Jesus talking to the tax collectors, the Pharisees, the scribes, you know, the, the whole bunch. And then we read how one of the Pharisees speak up and criticize Jesus, of course, for associating with sinners. And so Jesus tells us three parables, and one of them is going to be the one we cover today. So Jesus tells of a young man who asks his father to share his inheritance. And by the way, the word inheritance is referring to the father's property and his possessions and his wealth. And so the young man receives his father's inheritance. And instead of utilizing the blessing he received from his father for good, he uses his blessing for sinful living. So actually, I believe we can pause right there. So yes, this parable is about vulnerability and we will get to that. But even just the beginning speaks volumes as to why some of us can't get closer to God. We pray to God for a blessing. We're so faithful to him waiting for a blessing. God, please give me this much money. Or God, I really like that girl from youth group. If you can make something happen. And so we're so patient. And then we get our blessing and forget about God. And then we go and we use that blessing for sinful living. And so what's next? The son eventually becomes depressed due to the way he has used his father's blessing and he returns to his father to confess his wrongdoing. The father, overwhelmed with compassion, welcomes his son back into the family and pours love on him. So can I share something? You don't need to confess your wrongdoing in order for God to know you did wrong. But just know If that's how you plan to live your Christian life, then you're not going to see a relationship with God. That's just straight up, you're not going to see one. But when you come to him and you become vulnerable to him and you confess to him, then you're going to get the same treatment that the prodigal son got, love and compassion. Not because what you did wasn't wrong, but because in your humility, you became vulnerable to a loving God. So now, with Luke 15 in mind, let's take a look at three benefits of being vulnerable. So number one, we have personal growth. So we see this in the parable through the idea that the prodigal son had to first experience what it was like to walk away from his father. And so when he left his father, he mistreated his blessings and it brought him to a place of depression. And hear this, it's not that the father wanted his son to become depressed, but it is through that depression that the son was able to build a new sense of humility to return to his father, vulnerable. And because he embraced his vulnerability, he was able to experience personal growth. So I know for me, before I was a Christian, my prodigal moment, as I call it, was in the form of bad relationships with other people. 
And I'm not just talking about dating. I mean, friends, family, etc. I may have received the blessings of certain friends in my life, for example, but because I was not with the father who gave me the blessings, I mistreated it until it brought me to a place of loneliness where I then had to become vulnerable and humble to bring myself to God. I love the quote from Christine Kane where she says, God often uses our deepest pain as the launching pad of our greatest calling. Number two is stronger relationships. So I want to focus specifically on Luke 15 verse 21 and I'll read it to you. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So this is the turning point in the parable that Jesus is explaining. It highlights the moment where the son is expressing his vulnerability and humility to his father. Is that in a, And as an outcome of this, he is met with compassion and love. So when we are vulnerable, when he was vulnerable, his relationship with his father changed from abandoned to fulfilled. And so the cool thing here is that our bodies were actually designed by God to create stronger relationships through vulnerability. So when you're vulnerable with someone as the prodigal son was, your brain releases a hormone called oxytocin. And that's for all my psychology people out there. Now, oxytocin is called the love hormone or the bonding hormone, making oxytocin associated with social bonding, empathy, trust, and so on. And what oxytocin will do is it is re- when it's released, it gives the brain a sense of connection and emotional closeness. Well, now let's look at the opposite. What happens to our relationships when we aren't vulnerable? What does our brain do then? Well, in our brain, we have something called the dorsal medial prefrontal cortex and the ventromedial prefrontal cortex, or for short, the DMPFC and our VMPFC. I know I'm being a psychology nerd today. And what happens is they become more and more engaged, which causes us to begin to evaluate quicker and quicker, which often leads to second guessing and overthinking, hindering our ability to close relationships with others. So to sum that up, being vulnerable releases oxytocin, which helps with bonding. Not being vulnerable engages our DMPFC and our VMPFC to to accelerate overthinking and second guessing. So number three, final, is the overcoming of fear and the improving in trust. So here's a thought. Jesus was the ultimate example of what it really looks like to be vulnerable. Think about it. Think about it. He willingly embraced the cross. He faced immense suffering, rejection, and ultimately the weight of the sin of the entire planet. Now think about what would have happened if Jesus decided he wanted to avoid the vulnerability. He had the power to stop it all with the snap of his fingers. He could have stopped the lashes. He could have stopped the taunting. He could have stopped the humility and embarrassment of being stripped down. But instead, he chose to be vulnerable to the Father's plan for him. And if it wasn't for the vulnerability of Jesus, 
Christianity wouldn't exist. And as Christians, we can advance Christianity through something that I like to call the invitation of the cross. And there's three actions that we can take through the cross to embrace vulnerability. So first is to embrace the call of self-denial. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, you've heard it, deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So letting go of your desires, your ambitions, your comforts, and instead of and instead aligning yourself with God's will requires a sense of vulnerability in your life, just as it did in Jesus's life when he gave up the comfort of not bearing the cross in order to become the perfect sacrifice for us. Second is confronting fear. With the cross being the epitome of vulnerability, we can assess that it challenges us to confront our own fears, stepping out of our comfort zones and following Christ's example. So here's a weird fun fact about me. I love talking to homeless people and for a couple reasons here. So number one is because I think about Jesus in the Bible and how he oftentimes would confront and heal lepers. Now, lepers back in Jesus's time were extremely marginalized and forced to live outside of the city because they had a disease that was thought to make them unclean. And what would happen if someone were to touch or even step within a certain distance of a leper is they also would become unclean and they also would be cast out of their home, out of their city. And so by Jesus laying hands on the lepers and healing them, it completely threw off all the norms that the Jews were used to. Now, while people without homes aren't treated as extremely as lepers were, there is still a stereotype that they are seen as dirty or that they maybe just want money for drugs or alcohol, and people will more times than not choose to stay away from them. And besides that, it's taking, it's stepping out of your comfort zone to approach a completely random stranger and treat them how Jesus would. Being vulnerable is all about recognizing the things in your life that you might be treating as a leper and stepping out of your comfort zone to face it. And finally, last, is trusting in God's redemptive plan. If I could give you one thing to hear from this entire episode, it would be that the most vulnerable thing you could do is trust and remember that the perfect God of the universe has a plan specifically designed to make sure that you are redeemed through his son, Jesus. He knows that each one of us naturally want to push away due to the fear of being judged, the fear of rejection, the fear of being hurt again. But he wants you to know that if you want to see personal growth in your faith, if you want to improve your relationship with the God of the universe, if you want to overcome fear, you need to accept the invitation of the cross and be vulnerable by embracing self-denial, confronting your fears, and ultimately remembering that through your vulnerability, you will be redeemed. But hey, I just want to give you guys a huge thank you for listening. 
Make sure you're here for the next episode where we are going to talk about the five biggest misconceptions about Christianity, such as the Bible has been changed throughout the years, or the Bible supports slavery, or you shouldn't be associated with unbelievers, and more. So again, you don't want to miss it. Don't forget, I upload the first and third Friday of every month, but in case you don't remember, you can find all the updates for my podcast either at my Instagram at Merlino Brandon, that's at M-E-R-L-I-N-O Brandon, or at the show's website, imperfectshow.com. And if you have a story where you were vulnerable to God, I would love to hear it. And hey, maybe we'll be featured on the episode down the road. But for now, keep being awesome, embrace your vulnerability, and remember, while we are all imperfect, we are loved by a perfect God. Love y'all.